everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the There Is No Quit podcast. In this episode, I interview my former business partner, Narey Lavit Rongsama. I'm fairly confident I got that at least 90% correct. Narey owns two gyms, One Love Fit Club Chino and One Love Fit Club in Walnut. He has experienced a lot of ups and downs in his in his life and has overcome tons of adversity to build two really successful gyms and a very strong mindset and it's because he's cared about people and been committed to helping them so hope you enjoy his story about his there is no quit mindset because that's what this whole thing's all about as i said in the intro everyone i'm going to be interviewing my former business partner naray Naray, say hello. Hi, how's it going? Uh, can you... People don't really know um, your backstory. So this whole interview is about learning kind of how you grew up, how you got from being a, a kid in Chino Hills, or maybe you weren't even born in Chino Hills. I, I don't know for sure. But to owning two gyms and being so successful and having a degree in kinesiology, all these amazing things that you've done that people don't know about. And so that's the kind of kind of thing I want to learn right now which is why people are tuning into this. So uh, tell, tell me a little bit about where you grew up, when you were born, what your family life was like, stuff like that. Yeah, okay. Um, well, uh, I was actually born in West Covina and pretty much lived there, moved to Chino Hills uh, when I was about eight years old and lived here for about till I was 21 years old and still lived in the area, moved to Chino for a while, but... Um, uh, went to school, high school, Ayala, um, Mount Sac, Cal State Fullerton. I got my kinesiology degree at Cal State Fullerton, um, 2005, and uh, kind of I've always been into sports. Grew up playing different kinds of sports: uh, baseball, football. I did track. I did snowboarding, and what I really. Uh, fell into which is kind of the foundation of my business now is was uh, I got into Muay Thai uh, when I was 16 years old um, basically I my mom met a, a or was introduced to a Muay Thai local Muay Thai trainer who lived at the temple uh, in Chino Hills and uh, started training with Muay Thai when I was 16 and kind of fell really into that and uh, continued to do that for the following years that's then, cool. Yeah, and then graduated with my kinesiology degree, and then I kind of started being introduced to personal training. Um, when when did you start personal training, and where at? Actually, I I knew a guy, uh, a local trainer that was at uh, the local LA Fitness, and we became friends. He kind of branched off into um, a local apartment complex, like a luxury apartment complex that had a pretty nice gym. And he started training some clients there, and, and he gave me my first few clients there, actually. I was 21 years old. It was actually the homecoming in Amira Loma. Oh, all right. Yeah, they just, it was their grand opening. They barely opened. I, this was like um, 2001 or something like that. Yeah. Or, or no, like you know, something like that. And then um, This was before you finished school or after? Before. Okay, cool. So I didn't even finish my kinesiology. I didn't have any idea how to train people. I was actually just like... Uh, how do I train? And <laughs> yeah. the trainer was like, do you know how to work out? I said, yeah. Can you tell someone how to work out? I'm like, yeah. Okay, do that. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's that easy. Okay, well, and I just started to shoulder press, bench press, okay, elbows, you know? Yeah. And then, and then I kind of learned how to get better and better. I mean, I'll tell you this. I probably really sucked at first. <laughs> I, th- I think we all did. I think so. And, you know, and I had to learn and I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, mm-hmm. do you do you think those those mistakes you made were, were, like, how valuable do you think they were in your learning process? What is the most valuable lesson you learned in your first year of personal training? First year of personal training is... You can remember back that far. Yeah. It's like, been a while. 16 years I've been personal training. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, so um, I remember the first thing about training, which I see this is the issue with all the newer trainers too, is 
not the hardest workout, but how well can you modify every workout? Mm-hmm. Push-ups, the most basic thing that you think everyone can do? No. Nope. You gotta be hips, back, shoulders, you know? It's, uh, it's, and then everything else, to a lunge, to a squat, I have to, I had to learn how to adapt for my client, mm-hmm. which is, I think, the most challenging part of learning how to train somebody is how to adapt for the client. Yeah. Like everyone can lift a heavy weight, give you a heavy weight, and give you the hardest exercise. It's never about the hardest exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you talked about being born in West Covina, moving to Chino Hills when you were eight. What was that transition like? What was the the reason for the move? If you if you don't mind my asking. Um, my parents owned a business in West Covina, um, and then I think they wanted to get a, uh, into a little better school district. Mm-hmm. And Chino Hills wasn't actually even Chino Hills then. It was nineteen eighty eight. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that year. Yeah, I was four. I remember it extremely well. I think I shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good year to remember. <laughs> yeah. Four, yeah. That's yeah. a pants shitting year. Yeah, that's a good pants <laughs> shitting year. Um, uh, yeah, so I think they wanted me, my sister and I to go to a, a better school district, and they mm-hmm. bought a house here when Chino Hills was still not developed. There was no like shops, no 71. It was still Chino. Yeah. Chino. It turned to Chino Hills that following year, I believe. Um, and then, and, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> oh, did you, you, you lost your train of thought? Yeah, I lost my train That's all right, man. That's what happens when phones go off. Yeah. Um, now, uh, what was your family life like growing up? Was it like easy peasy or easy, easy peasy? Were your parents strict? What kind of values did they attempt to instill in you that you think helped you get to where you are? Okay. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, one thing is my dad, he was, he was really pretty strict, um, and he was always pushing me to be better. Mm-hmm. I was in athletics since I was like, um, I played fake baseball when I was like in fifth grade and played that for a couple of years, and then I got into archery, and then... Oh, shit. I never even knew that. I was actually heavy into art competition archery. Rad for four years, from like eleven to like fourteen or something. Dude, like that's that. awesome. And I actually traveled all over the U.S. and competed in national. What? Events. Actually, I had my a new bow. Like it's my, it's called Olympic recurve bows, and uh-huh. so it's target archery. Yeah. So you score and you, you win medals and stuff. And actually, I in seventh grade I went to the um, the. Colorado Springs uh, Olympic Training Center, the camp. Oh, dang. I trained with Olympic coaches for like a week. That's seven, cool. And I was in seventh grade because I was like a uh, national junior archer. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that actually contributes a lot to my future sports and athletics and yeah. my mindset. It's crazy. It's huge. It's a, it's a super psychological sport. Archery? Yeah. What's... What's the biggest thing you learned when you were doing archery that you've been able to take into other aspects of your life, business, life outside of business, your your own pursuit of physical improvement with your workouts, everything? What is the thing you took from archery that you've been able to carry over into everything? Well, I think well, the high-level competition, um, not maybe not necessarily because it was archery, but because of the everything that came around being in competition and competing nationally and I was I actually placed like fifth and sixth in the nation for my age group out of like two, three hundred kids or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So um uh it was a huge psychological challenge and competing at that level I'm like, okay, uh you gotta focus, commit, concentrate, get in the zone. I always mm-hmm. compete under pressure in the zone. Mm-hmm. And I like that. And I kinda do that in business too. And so when things are kinda low and quiet I, there's things that happen creating the most chaos the most failures the most issues that arise mm-hmm. are the ones that make you the most successful uh-huh. so when people are afraid of problems and people are afraid of uh, well I hope that that doesn't go wrong or this doesn't want to go wrong something's going to go wrong there's always going to be something go, that's going to go wrong it's mm-hmm. how you handle it how you get over it and then you overcome it and then you learn from that because you can't be scared of it because you're yeah. scared of everything you're never gonna, it's never going to change and you got to experience that a lot when you were pursuing that high-level archery. What, yeah. were, what were your practices kind of like? What was the structure? How did you develop the focus required to hit the target? Like, uh, what was it like refining technique, 
the the mental struggles with that to produce that physical outcome what was that kind of like well kind of back to your other question too um my parent life my father he pushed me like he's really strict and pushed me a lot which also is kind of foundation of pushing me to become a high level competitor mm-hmm. in almost everything sports down the line but yeah start off mainly with archery and um what he always made me practice it's practice 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 yeah and did you like practicing or initially i i did uh-huh but then i started to not yeah and this turns into another like thing with like a child sport burnout yeah I just quit yeah and i quit i didn't uh, want to do it anymore uh-huh and i mean that doesn't go along the lines of what we're talking about oh dude it, it totally does man because you you shifted gears and you went to something else yeah yeah um but I guess what you're asking is uh, how did I was able to focus and mm-hmm. yeah so basically my objective was like my dad was always like well you gotta win you gotta win <laughs> win 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 I'm like it's like Asian parent dad man. yeah I don't know if you know about that but. Uh, I've I've heard stuff I don't have Asian parents because I'm like <laughs> white Jewish uh, sort of Asian. like a mutt of some sort of uh, but uh, but yeah definitely not Asian but I. Obviously, I have some friends that are, and I've heard those things about the the strict Asian parents pushing, pushing, pushing. Mm-hmm. And I, a part of me, I think that's a lot of cultures are are like that. I mean, there's there's a lot of white households that are like that. There's just households across all cultures where some of them are chill and some of them are like, you you got to do all yep. this stuff. Yep. Um, which is tough going on. Like you're trying to compete at a high level and you want to do well for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you were you probably kind of worried about disappointing your father. Was that kind of part of your drive? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? No matter what, like I, there was always better. And that was kind of the foundation of my, my dad's like, okay, I can never do good enough. It's always better. It's always better. I can do more and more. And I mm-hmm. win national champions or whatever. You're the West Coast champion and, and like things like that. But it's like, oh, you do better, you gotta get that national. And so I was like, so I was striving for more, which is kind of the foundation, the basis of how I operate and perform today, which is now I see that. Back then, I started to hate it. Yeah. That's why I quit. And then, so, like, I was like, I don't wanna do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm pushed too hard. Like, I kinda wanna just play. And I started shifting other sports and kinda starting to get into more social, like having friends and stuff. Which also then later turns on to be towards my benefit which I know now yeah. that I didn't know back then I just want to hang out with friends and mm-hmm. so I meet girls and want to hang out you know yeah live life yeah and then so um, I quit child sport burnout I still loved the sport but I hated practicing I hated competing I hated competing at that level and I didn't want to perform for my dad anymore really mm-hmm. then I started playing football and it, it was good uh, I loved that and then and then still more sense of approval approval mm-hmm. and then uh and actually, like, it was the last game, and I guess, I guess, there's a sense of kind of quitting in one of my football seasons, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, because it was kind of like the playoff game, and, uh-huh. like, I, the coach was a dick. Yeah. And I, he kind of talked mad shit to us the game before, and then, like, my buddies were going to Vegas with their friends, and I was, like, in, like, eighth grade, and I was, like, I'm going to go to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go to Vegas. Coach is being a dick. Yeah, I don't want to play for this guy. That's not a leader. But I guess these are kind of the things that kind of lead me also up to today. Yeah, so, so you but, learn those you learn those lessons young. Yeah, yeah. Well, you uh, you lived you lived in Thailand for a bit, or you were there for a long time at one point, right? Yeah, a year. How how old were you when you went to Thailand? So I just uh, graduated my kinesiology degree. Um, I was twenty four. And I pretty much moved to Thailand when about when I was twenty five. By yourself? Yes. Yeah, so I have some family out there. Okay. Um, but I basically what happened was uh, there was a competition, a contest that uh, one of the top winners they win like a round trip plane ticket to Thailand, and I already had been to Thailand a few times, traveling for fun, mm-hmm. and um, I loved it. And so I was like, oh sweet comp- competition, you win round trip ticket, I'm in. Yeah, and ended up winning, and the ticket, the competition ended up being like win a round trip ticket, and you also enter a reality TV show in Thailand. What? Yes, I did not know about this. Really? I didn't know you were in a reality TV show in Thailand. What? Oh my god! I knew you lived there, and that's oh, shit. and and I and I thought like that was a big part of 
you know, <laughs> I, I knew you had been kickboxing before you left. Uh-huh. But I mean, think about it. I didn't really know you till after that. True. Till after yeah. you had come back. And you were working at, at Bally's, yep. right? You yep. were working at Bally's when we met. And we we became friends from some mutual friends. Mm-hmm. We parted together. Sure. And then I'd see you working out at 24. Mm-hmm. And we started shooting shit. And we were like, oh, you want to grab a drink? Mm-hmm. And that's how me, you, and Derek started hanging out. Mm-hmm. And then it was I right around. through you. Yeah. And then it, and it was right around time that we were thinking about leaving 24. Mm-hmm. And you had just left Bally's. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started learning about you and the person that you are. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know about the the reality TV show, man. Open up. I want to hear about oh, this reality TV show. I want to hear about that year in Thailand. Okay. Uh, cool. Yeah, it was, it was wild. It was a huge life uh, experience. I mean, it really shapes basically my uh, courage to jump and do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I know you're telling me you're planning on leaving and dumping everything. Uh-huh. That's essentially what I did when I was... 24. Yeah. Emptied my room, sold my car, and I packed two bags and went to go out to Thailand. I didn't know if I was going to be gone for six months, a year, or whatever, but I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I just graduated college. I got my degree at least. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go live life. I'm going to see what I can do. Actually, my dad's the one who kind of pushed me to do it. He was just... He was oh, like, yeah? Yeah, he's the one. Because I said, I graduated dad, and, he's like, and I said, I don't want to um, have a nine-to-five job. I don't want to be like that. And then he's like, oh, well, son... Here's this competition contest where you get a winning ticket to Thailand and enter this reality TV show. I'm like, ticket to Thailand, sweet. Cool. <laughs> and then I was yeah. like, okay, reality TV show, let's do this. My Thai, it's okay. It's actually not very good. Okay, but let's do this. Uh-huh. And so my family lived there, but not in the city where I live. I lived in Bangkok, which is the main city. Yeah. My family lives like two, three hours away. Okay. What's so, that? What's that city called? Bak Chong. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I lived in Bangkok, so basically I lived with my other aunt who had her own teaching job, so I didn't really get in there. She didn't take care of me, take me around, or she, you know, really yeah. anything. So How many times have you met her before you were living with her? I only knew her when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, dang, so you hadn't seen her in years. Decade. Dang, that's cool that she opened up her home to you. Yeah. That's rad. Yeah, so I stayed there for like six months, and I'm like, okay, so this life, uh, Thailand life is crazy. Yeah, that's I, what I've heard. It was all, all, you know, I did a lot of partying. Yeah. It was. Hey, man, that's what our 20s are for. It was crazy. <laughs> like, every single night. Yeah. Partying. Were you still training Muay Thai at the time? So, I. Here and there? I found, yeah. I, I found local gyms everywhere. Yeah. So, every, every few, um, once, once or twice a week, every other week or so, I'd uh-huh. try to get a Muay Thai session here and there. Yeah. Go travel to the different islands and look for a local Muay Thai gym and do it. Yeah. All hungover. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> but I, I do want to learn some stuff. And yeah. You know what? And I learned bits and pieces of simple little things from everybody. Like, oh, yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Like, oh, yeah. And so they, they coach you up pretty well, like, when you would go into these gyms? Or was it more, like, sparring and kind of, like, you learn as you go? You win some, you lose some. Like, what what was it like when you would go into the gyms, and and how were you learning? What was the environment like? Um, I mean, every gym was different. They ran their structures super different, which it was. That's what's so amazing about Thailand. I mean, everything, the foundation, the motherland of Muay Thai. Everyone mm-hmm. has a foundation based of punches, and kicks, and knees. But yeah, so many dynamics of styles of training and technique that it's like. Uh, you know, some places more sparring. Some places like go do it. Like, and I got beat up by some people bad and I yeah I've been doing it a long time and I come so I know some stuff but some of these guys are on this crazy level but it was amazing and I'm mm-hmm. like oh god and then with some some of these other guys these you know I could feel my level compared to them and it's like really interesting and it's amazing just to get to train in a different country and then train with people international who fight yeah come to Thailand to train because obviously everyone who does Muay Thai wants to eventually come to Thailand to train mm-hmm so I got to experience the different dynamics of that. Rad. So when you, what was the biggest obstacle you faced when you were living in Thailand? What was the hardest part of that? Obviously, training was hard and you were having fun, but was there a time when you were in Thailand where you're like, dude, I want to go home, but you, but you stayed anyway. <clears throat> like, was there a time in like month two you're like, man, like this, I'm not enjoying it. Like, what, what was that? mental process like living in an entirely different country i'll tell you this uh no i never felt like that at all no nope not at all that's right i actually loved every part of it i'll tell you what did happen though what made me decide to finally come back was uh-huh. it was my own health and well-being 
Oh. Which, uh, yeah. Identifying, you know, I went to Thailand to experience life. Mm-hmm. And also, I have my degree and see what I can do and what can happen and be introduced and network with all these different people. Mm-hmm. And it was great. So, I was in the industry for a little bit. I've been networked and met a lot of different people. Actually, I got to date a couple of Thai celebrities too. Oh, yeah, hey, dating Thai celebrities. And actually, it got in the gossip newspapers. What? Do you have any of those newspapers? I do. Oh, dude, I got to see them sometime. I will show you. Rad. I can't wait. And they're like the gossip, like column magazines, like, you know, OK Magazine and stuff with the, with the show. And uh-huh. also with this, this celebrity that kind of. <laughs> dude, that, I can't believe I didn't know this stuff. Can't believe I've never told you. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I think how many times we've hung out, but I I kind of think like every every time we've hung out. I mean, it's been dude like seven seven and a half years, almost. We've known each other, where every time we've hung out, we're talking about helping people through fitness, through personal training or group fitness. We're always talking about finding better ways to help people, and we've shared a lot of life experiences with each other, like how we got to this point. But yep. but that's still there's still a lot more to it yeah. which is why this is cool because yeah. dude I've known you for almost a decade I didn't know some of this stuff yeah that's cool stuff yeah and and I mean that's part of what shapes who you are today it does is all of these life experiences so after your year in Thailand what so you came back for your own health and well-being to kind of get away from the partying right um, what year was it when you came back and what did you do what, what did you have like, oh, were you just coming back to the most lavish comforts ever, or did you come back and it was like, oh shit, I've been partying in Thailand for a year and I didn't plan about what to do when I got home? I came back probably with, probably with like 20 or 30k in debt, no car, Ooh. no room. Nice. But luckily, my sister let me stay in her house or extra room, which used to be my room that I gave up and it turned to storage. Luckily, it was still free, so. Yeah. I go back there for a little bit. Um, got my first, uh, not my first, but um, I guess my first corporate personal training job at LA Fitness, the local LA Fitness. Kinesiology degree, what do you do with it? Personal trainer, always. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so um, I did that for about three years. From what years to what years? <coughs> um, 2007. Okay. 2007 to like 2010. Uh huh. Dry air. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and I learned a lot of the foundation stuff with how how to work in a corporate um <coughs> in a corporate um gym. You know, every every trainer kind of I feel like kind of goes to the basic foundations of exercises and <clears throat> like everything's like three sets of ten. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I I did the, I did the same thing and I know Derek did the same thing. You learn that stuff. You don't even know how to train. Like I know three sets of ten of exercise. Okay. Yeah, cool. of everything. Um, everything mm-hmm. will be three sets of ten. We have chest day, back day, arm day, leg day, and we throw in abs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those okay. are our lives. That's foundation training and uh, yeah. And so um, that's where I learned all the basic stuff. And yeah. Then, <clears throat> and then at, at this time I, I was still doing a lot of kickboxing, Muay Thai, and then so. I started. To, I brought my pads to the gym, mm-hmm. and uh, and then a couple people asked me, "Oh, you do my tie? You do my tie?" And then a couple of my female clients like, "I want to hit some pads." I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." And then so I started training people there, like one or two clients here and there, and then at at this point I started like started training kickboxing or Muay Thai out of my my garage, my sister's garage. Mm-hmm. Still didn't have a car. Still thirty plus k in debt, and then just uh, you know. <clears throat> did that floating around uh i think i started substitute teaching as oh well. where at it's chino district okay for, for two years that's cool and uh yeah so i was a high school mainly high school sub to ayala chino hills down to go all that all all the local high schools <clears throat> rad i remember hearing about that yeah <laughs> and then uh and then i was a coach and then so i'm like i'm trying to find it and then i started working with my family at their check cashing business uh-huh. and i'm like Doing what it took to get by. Doing what it took by. I realized I wasn't making any money. 
yeah. at all, at all. And then so I'm like bouncing around from LA Fitness, and I'm, you know, I'm still training on the side here and there out of my garage at LA Fitness, and trying to find what's gonna make it. <clears throat> Eventually, um, switch gyms, go to go to Bally Total Fitness for one year. Um, and I, I still, I tried different kickboxing programs. It never really stuck well. It's like I get a floating client here and there. Yeah. It'd be fun. I loved it. Is what it is. And then, um, <clears throat> and then I went back to school for my master's, and I was going to be a teacher. Yeah. Master teaching credentials. And then at 2008, all the teachers were getting fired. Yeah. During the Economy, recession. Recession. Like I was like, I'm about to graduate and about to get fired. <laughs> with this. Yeah. Now. Damn, even more debt. Third, another thirty k. Oh, oh, dang! How about that, huh? Dang, it's pretty bad at this point. Yeah, yeah. dude, keep going. So I'm like another thirty k in debt, and then, but before this had happened, I decided before I really buckled down and get back to my career, I went to Thailand one more time. <laughs> I agree. Oh, you had to. You had to. You had to. You had to let loose. I was oh, like, it's you, like you had to de-stress, man. <laughs> Uh, so uh, that happened the year after I moved back from Thailand. I'm like, okay, I gotta go back one more time where I still got connections and I can still do everything I want to. And yeah. then I came back and like, yeah, I'm not going back to Thailand for a long time. Uh-huh. It like, and it was like eight years before I went back. Yeah. So I was oh, like, the the trip when uh, you and Derek went, right? Dang, years, man. It took eight oh, years. Oh, I can't believe I didn't go on that trip. What a nerd. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> it's pretty epic. Though. Yeah, my two. My two business partners going. You guys met up with Chad there. Chad. Yeah. It's like, oh man, I don't know what I must have had going on, but whatever it was, I was I was either working on growing the business or I was just tripping. You you weren't ready to take a. I wasn't vacation. ready, man. You didn't no, see I was. I wasn't ready. To, I went a while before I took a vacation. Yeah. I I went many years before a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But uh, but dude, but keep keep going, man. So you you went to Thailand one last time and. <clears throat> Then what I came back. Yeah, and you came back and you made up your mind. What was what was that like? And then yeah, that was ballets and then, um, teaching and coaching mm-hmm. and all that. <coughs> and then um, eventually, I was like, <clears throat> okay, I'm about to finish my last pieces of my my master's degree. I have to take my CSET, do this uh, teaching performing assessment. It's like a, basically a big report. Yeah, and then take. And then that's it. Actually, I finished all my classes, my courses. I almost had straight A's, but the thing is. I was over it, and I basically, I fucked it off. <clears throat> yeah. I didn't do it because I didn't want to spend a lot of time to study. I'm like, I don't got time. And plus, I'm not even fucking be a teacher. Yeah. Because, uh, because everyone's getting fired. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, why am I going to take this test? So I'm like, I have this decision to make. And this was basically the huge fork in my life. I think I was like 28, uh-huh. 29. I think I was 29 years old. <clears throat> so personal training all the way, independent personal training. Because I wasn't about to stay at Valley anymore either. I'm like... Fuck valleys. I wanna fuck my boss. You know, yeah. like, this sucks. Like uh, everyone's telling me what to do. I'm like the best trainer here, but I'm it's this shit hustle and my bo- my boss get on my neck about shit. He sucks and yeah. Like, you know, I'm fuck fuck this place. You know. Yeah. And then so I'm like teaching. And I'm like I'm about to get fired once I get a job. And then so yeah. I'm like, uh, you know what? Personal training because whatever's gonna happen. Independent personal training out of my sister's garage. If I can make X amount of dollars with X amount of clients. I think that'll be okay with working with my sister and coaching and having these side little things, yeah. right? <clears throat> and then I did it. Took a chance. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. But in my mind, I'm like, if I fail, it's a, it, it's a, up to me. But if I succeed, it's, it's up to me. Uh-huh. So at this point, I made the decision, there's no way in hell I'm going to let myself fail. I'll just yeah. grind, 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 however I can. I'll ask, you know, whatever. I'll figure it out. Do you think that the stuff you learned when you lived in Thailand and the the lessons your dad had taught you played a part in, in that decision and like that kind of methodology? It all, it, everything up to this point played a decision, all the mistakes, all the decisions, all the challenges, all the, all the worst heart ache things that it's like, oh man, this really shapes me. Yeah. It teaches me how to make decisions, how to handle situations and how to move past forward and there's always forward. You know? it, and, yeah, and, and that's really like, then it goes from emotional, professional, interactive, social, yeah, everything. Yeah. So from your from your sister's garage, how long were you training in your sister's garage? Um, how did you grow from that? What was the next step? Um, 
I was saying, uh, training out my sister guys for like a year. Okay. I was solid. Like, okay, I'm hustling. This is my marketing. I'm like, I got a business card. Yeah, it says you have the Nerez Fitness on the shirt. Nerez Fitness was created. I, I, I printed out a dozen large uh, Nerez Fitness t-shirts uh-huh. on my first batch. I was like, ooh, I'm about to invest like hundred something dollars right now. How'd you, how'd you come up with the, not, I, this might be a weird question, but... Was that just the easy... Did you have any other names where you're no. like, oh, nope, it was just no. like, no. this is it. It was completely due to lack of creativity. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Time and everything. I, <laughs> I remember when when I was leaving 24 trying to figure out uh, what I was going to call my business, I was like, Joshua Baumgart Fitness. <laughs> Man, my name sounds so stupid. <laughs> Josh Fitness? No, this is dumb. Uh, then we have the Josh Fit joke now because uh-huh. I got into CrossFit, but... Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, man, uh, that's funny. But yeah. uh, so you were there for a year, you were hustling, you were growing, you got the shirts printed out. What was next? And the business card. So, I remember the first business card, first shirt is a big deal. It was. What was that feeling for you when you made your first shirt and I your felt first like a business, business card? Owner. Yeah, I felt like an entrepreneur, man. I was like, oh, I'm a business owner now. I got I had a website too. Don't forget. Yeah, me. yeah, I can't forget the website. Good <laughs> website too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't good. It was just a landing page. Exactly, <laughs> which is a good website because it's better. Than nothing. Right. I mean, no one could see it at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, I must have been thinking of the one that we made when we were at Next Level when we switched to D&J. Yeah. No, that was actually a good that was That's that was the website, website I was thinking of. Oh, no, no, it no, wasn't no. always like no, that. No, it no. wasn't always done up. Even the Nerace Fitness page wasn't no, done up like that. No, no, nothing. Oh. Not even close. <laughs> what was it like? <clears throat> it was just a landing. It was just like a picture. Did it say Nerace Fitness? Yeah, Nerace Fitness. And it had like my phone number. And then like what I do, and then like a couple prices, and then that's it. Oh. And it could no clicks, no links, no. And oh man. Box here is just. <laughs> and you could only access like it. Pi- it was basically like a picture. Yeah. <laughs> and you could only it was access. A picture of my business yeah, card. <laughs> it was a picture of your business card, and you could only access it with dial-up internet. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. you had to have a landline. <laughs> um, so, when did you decide to? expand out of your sister's garage were you still training out of your sister's garage when we first started hanging out um yes okay yeah that's actually right after i left valley okay total fitness so when i actually met you i was hanging out with nick yeah and i met you through nick so yeah. at that time i was training him and which is like he's like hey let's go hang out okay cool yeah well, dude i miss nick man i haven't yeah. seen him in a long time but please keep going and uh so uh i was training out my guys for like a year and then I actually uh, got uh, referred this guy. My, it was actually my first business mentor, mm-hmm. Steve Hockman. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Tall dude. Yeah, tall dude. Yeah, you remember Worked him. with Bedros. Yep, exactly. He was okay. uh, Bedros Koulian's, uh, uh former business partner back then. They uh-huh. actually created Fit Body Boot Camp. Okay, cool. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I don't know how stuff, this kind of stuff could be talked on. As far yeah, as yeah, as yeah. It's all good. But... Um, uh, so he he was referred to me by actually um what's his name from LA Fitness the sales guy uh I forgot anyways he, uh, he was referred to me by one of the sales guys from 24 Hour Fitness which I worked oh, out at okay because this guy was like hey I was thinking about going to Millennia and and kind of learning some boxing do some boxing like oh don't go there hit up my my buddy Nuray mm-hmm. and um and he, you know he does Muay Thai but he'll teach you some boxing and then so he called me and then. I didn't have any idea who this guy was, and he said, hey, um, you know, I'm actually looking for some boxing, blah, 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 and so I got linked up, and then he ended up telling me, like, <clears throat> actually, I'm a, I'm a fitness business uh, marketing consultant, uh-huh. fitness business uh, consultant. I'm like, huh, I didn't even know there's guys like you out there. Like, yeah, basically, I help uh, personal trainers and small uh, gym owners uh, scale their businesses and really, you know, become successful. I'm like, huh, okay, cool. So, you know, I was starting to talk about you know, or my program, and he's like, oh, or or we can barter services. I can help you, and you can mm-hmm. train us. So I'm like, amazing. And at this point, I wasn't even ready. I was so uh, mentally immature. Uh, he he invited me to my first FBS Fitness Business Summit, uh-huh. I believe in like 2010 or 11. Okay. <clears throat> and um, that everyone was talking about these millions of dollars or t- six it, figures, multiple I, six figures. Didn't me, you, and Derek all go to one together? I know I went to one with Derek after I met Bedros, where everyone's sitting around talking about six figures and they have 200-something clients and it's like, yeah. man, I, what? I'm like, I have 20 clients. Yeah. I'm like, I Couldn't believe it. 30. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was like, 
wasn't ready for it and I went one day first of all I got invited for free I went over samesies I went late like two hours late I was hung over oh I walked in the hallway and there's my coach my client coach mentor yeah uh, watching me walking all late he's like oh (laughs) you made it and but this is the crazy thing he was standing right next to Mike, Mike Perella, Michael Perella, who is the CEO of ilovekickboxing.com. Ah. And I, he introduced me, and so actually it was the perfect Perfect timing. timing. It was because he was speaking in a little bit, and so he was outside in the hall before he was going to speak. And so he had he had 200 old plus I Love Kickboxing locations at that time. Now they have probably over 500 or something. But yeah, but you know he was actually, and I'm like, okay. He introduced me. Hey, Ray, um, this is my Mike Bell. He has a basically a franchise, a kickbox fitness kickboxing franchise, and mm-hmm. you know this is Ray. He trains me out of, uh, he subleases out of someone else's gym. He trains boxing. Like you know, hey mate. Crazy. This was at next level. I was, I was at you, you were at next level at this point? Oh yes Okay I, I was at next level Okay Anyway sorry I, Out of my garage I went to the next level Okay Which uh, I started paying someone rent To train out of there Indeed And then so um, Yeah That's kind of how it transitioned Into how I met him So I was already Okay so Rewind a little bit uh, After my sister's garage For one year I decided I needed to expand And grow And I needed to be more professional so I started subleasing out of someone's gym for like seven seven fifty a month or something mm-hmm. like that and then I was going there and this is about the same time I met you yeah and uh and I was working out at 24 all the time met you we started partying and then I went there and I was like oh my gosh this is the coolest gym I'm having so much fun I, at this point I had like 20 clients which is pretty good for yeah it's great it's yeah. great yeah and so it was okay I'd be doing okay with income um which my mentor helped me get to um, and systemize some things, very minimal stuff. And yeah. Then, again, I wasn't even ready. And then that's kind of how we kind of started training together. And then mm-hmm. I met Derek through you. And so we were at the Next Level Gym, personal training, growing our business. We kind of started hanging out, which was a great network. And we actually had this crazy, fun dynamics. We brought life to that gym, mm-hmm. me, you, and Derek, right? Yeah. I mean, gym was, was older. It was a little bit more stale. There was the old gym workout, three sets of ten machines for everything. One muscle, one muscle, one muscle. You know, and you know, obviously we don't do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and then we were doing all kinds of crazy, dynamic, very specialized workouts on top of our normally functional, good circuit training routines like whoa what are these guys doing we all had something different at an expertise level yeah you know and so <clears throat> it became fun and this was the first time I started really feeling independent and like successful uh huh my, my definition of success was that time I loved what I did and I was okay financially I was still a bunch of debt um yeah and then and then uh uh, so. Well, when when did you come up with the idea? Because you were the you were the one that encouraged, you were one of the people that encouraged Derek and I to leave twenty four. It just so happened that was right around the time I met Bedros, who right. was Steve's business partner, who right. told me I was wasting my time at twenty four. Right. But for me, I was I always thought like, I don't know what that has to do. What do you mean I'm wasting my time? Like I can pay for drinks on the weekend and right. I get to live with my friends. And he's like, dude. You don't even get it. And I didn't because I wasn't ready. Right. And, and I've talked to people about this, that you were ready and you had a big vision when Derek and I didn't understand what the big vision was. So there was a point at Next Level where you had the idea of us opening up our own gym, the three of us. Mm-hmm. And you had that faith. But what was that thought process like? When did you come up with that idea? How did you execute on it? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, going into independent training, I always thought, like, hey, maybe one day, day I'll, I'll, I'll own my own gym. I'd like to own my own gym one day. But for right now, I'm okay with personal training because I was content. I was happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, But then I met my first mentor, and he told me I was going to do create some amazing things and do some crazy big things. And I was like, oh, wow, you see something big in me. Mm-hmm. And then, so this I started feeling my own vision and imagination. And at this point, I've already walked a lot of walks of life and also a lot of failure. 
And at this point, I had already, uh, I believe I had already filed for bankruptcy. Uh-huh. And at this point, I believe I was like 60-something K debt. Yeah. Obviously, my school loan couldn't be dissolved, so I'm still paying that now. But yeah. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. But, but my, you know, life debt, you know, so the seven years bankruptcy, you know, I'm barely starting to get out of that now. Yeah. Which is crazy as far as like... Uh, what a climb. Clearing my, my credit. I have like the most limited, like $2,000 credit card. Yeah. But, um... Uh, so I had this vision of once you have once you hit rock bottom and there's some other things that were a little bit more rock bottom and a little more personal mm-hmm. um, got in trouble with um, uh, the law a little bit that was a misunderstanding on my part which I didn't quite know about in mm-hmm. a way uh, so I was dealing with uh, court issues which I felt and at this time court issues as well as uh Bankruptcy. Yeah. They're trying to charge me with uh, four felonies. Whoa. Yeah, and it was basically uh, a wire, a wiring fraud that I was uh, uh, connected with somebody in which I had no idea what they were using my information for. Oh dang. Yeah. So uh, it got blamed on me, and so eventually it got dissolved. Yeah. The case got dissolved because you know basically I, I wasn't under my control yeah um so so someone had taken your information and used it to do a bunch of wazoo stuff yeah basically yeah. damn yeah that's so, not fun so they charged me because the basic only information they had was my information so they pinned it on the person's information that I had so they're yeah. trying to charge me with like two grand theft and two fraud and you're like i don't know what's going on and since i don't have a record like, yeah all these things don't match up totally line up and so it's like okay dismiss but i was going to court for eight months wow the legal While system's crazy. Oh and man! So at this point, there ain't no rock bottom. Yeah, you you're there. You're there. You can only go up. I got no money. I already got in trouble with the law, which dude, I never thought I would because I'm not really that kind of person. I'm, I coach high school track, bro. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm getting arrested with these thugs, and I'm like, I'm, I'm a high school coach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. this is not in my character. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so um. I'm like, okay, there's really no fail now. Yeah. <laughs> and then so I went it and went and I was like, you know what? This is great. But I already envisioned this only as a stepping stone. This this time here at the next level gym was fun and amazing. I was content for a while, but I was ready for that next step. And so what happened was I got affiliated with I Love Kickboxing and I started my first group fitness kickboxing class there. Tuesday nights, right? Or Thursdays? No, that was actually my few failed kickboxing nights. Oh, okay. I try, I, I'm going to tell you, I've tried at least five different kickboxing type of programs that have all failed. Oh, no shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yep. Talking about like one or two clients. Or I've had 10 clients at a time, but they wouldn't continue. So it's like not a, there was no formula that was a consistent functional formula in which would sustain my, my class. Yeah. I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. And essentially that's, I love kickboxing when I I decided to license under I love kickboxing which uh-huh. was like $500 buy in and $200 a month which yeah. was like pretty much no investment but I was like oh wow this is a big investment yeah we didn't have anything <laughs> yeah and so that was started my first group fitness kickboxing class with a structure mm-hmm. so yeah I tried uh, those group kickboxing classes that didn't work at the, at the uh, Bally's at the apartment complex even at the next level gym before I signed up with these guys uh-huh. which that in turn enabled me which I started growing that business growing that business and then this is where this became started to become some conflict with the owner I recall I remember these conversations yeah and so um, I was out marketing them I started stepping up my game and investing a lot into my business education uh-huh. I started going to seminars and then um, and then so my group fitness kickboxing classes were ran at the same time as his boot camps and my group classes often were larger than his boot camp so he wasn't too happy about that and people kept on walking in from my classes instead of his i remember anyway so basically we got kind of got nudged out i'm like okay cool at first, at first i was like i'm gonna go by myself i'm gonna figure out how i'm gonna do this i don't know how i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do that so i knew how to get out and i didn't know what it was and how it was and then i was like eventually i was thinking thinking I'm like you know what like if i leave like Josh and Derek are my buddies, and I brought them here anyways. I'm like, and if we all go, we can have like a cooler place, and we can all do our own thing. And mm-hmm. We can all do like, <laughs> cool uh, program. Derek can do his yoga. I can do my kickboxing, and Josh can do his CrossFit. 
cool, which later sounds like a great idea. It sounds right now. That sounds like the best idea ever for a gym, and you had it those years ago, and we were a part of it. And Derek and I were too dumb to understand. But keep going. So I laid it out, and so I kind of painted a picture for you guys. I was like, hey guys, you know what? If we pay like seven hundred bucks a month, I think, uh, you know, or whatever, eight hundred bucks. It's pretty much the best, about the same one we have here. Yeah. We have a smaller facility, but it'll be ours. And what's up, you know, dude? Like you guys don't gotta worry about the lease and all that commitment. Yeah. That no, stuff. you you took on you took the risk. Yeah. And then so you know. I d- I didn't get at the time how much of a risk it was for you, because of some of this other stuff, man. That took that took balls. A lot of legal responsibilities and yeah, man. and law, yeah, all kinds. I, of I didn't learn that till <laughs> after <Yeah. laughs> the whole process with High Road, but dude, right. keep keep going. So, so I envisioned this, you know, community and unity, and then this was kind of the start of our well. At the gym, we had our own dynamics since that started growing. We just enjoyed each other's time outside of the gym as well as inside the gym, and then so this carried on to our gym, which was DNJ Fitness. And then we started really growing that, and then our members started growing with that same vibe. And I didn't really realize. I'm like, oh wow, these people, they're cool. And we started hanging out with some people, and like they're actually friends, like good people. And we start changing lives, and we're continuously hanging out. And our group started growing and growing, and we have special events, and we do fun things. The, for we had a dunk tank. We had dunk tanks, and we had a motorcycle stuntman in the uh, back. Yeah, <laughs> DJ. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, these are all. Uh, uh, buildup of our community uh-huh. which molds I believe a lot of our foundations of why both of our you know programs are successful mm-hmm. and honestly it was the fun and the heart and the care yeah that was our foundation and with that came some financial benefit uh-huh. you know some success and so that enabled us to all kind of grow um, obviously you know the story of how we all kind of started going our own ways and going whatnot our own ways and what was that like for for you at first because i know i knew you didn't like jake you saw something in jake that i i think i saw but i ignored because i was like dude this big old place have a way bigger place that was i was like bigger place help more people because remember like remember when we both be running class and we're like jam pat and i was like dang man like and we had nowhere to go like we couldn't expand the way you've ended up expanding we couldn't expand at that point because yeah. the, the space next door was leased. Yeah. And I know I got impatient, but, and you and I had our conversations and you were super supportive, yeah. which was awesome. Yeah. Um, and I know when Derek left, it was a, a different struggle because of who came in and bought his business. Yeah. Um, what, was, what was that like for you seeing the, the two people that you had gone into business with and we had already, we'd all talked in advance, like if we go our separate ways, we right. go our separate ways. Right. But what was that? What was that like? Because I know it was it was rough for me, but I know I'd be right down the street. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was it was it was weird. But you saw your two partners, and you had your big vision. And I know you told us the vision, mm-hmm. but we didn't understand. Right. Was that frustrating for you that we didn't get where it was going? No, uh, uh-uh, uh, not at all. Because um, my vision. Uh, kind of uh, between the three of us, kind of started with uh, or ended with with uh, us three having our business together, and I didn't really know where it was going to go from there. Yeah, you know, I didn't know if we we're going to expand and what we we're going to do and all that stuff. But we had to see the dynamics. You know, I almost—I'll tell you this—I almost kind of thought it might have been a stepping stone for all of us as well. Yeah, it was like a hunch. Um, Sam, the chiropractor. Yeah gave the idea first of renting these industrial buildings where he takes the front half and we do the back and so that came became my first idea of the subleasing each other and mm-hmm. sharing the space right and then so it's like okay well it's almost like a fitness community yeah and then we we accomplished that and we did great we had massage therapists we had crossfit we had yoga we had kickboxing and it was okay it was pretty good and then, yeah and then eventually um you know there started to be the dynamics of both of our businesses growing yeah and the different types of business especially crossfit and kickboxing yeah and then on top of that yoga in another room which is loud loud explosive hard yeah and, you know, and then, then sh- yeah <laughs> this is, that's a crazy dynamic yeah so neither one of those programs could have uh, expanded to its maximal potential because of a diluted version gotcha crossfitters one we had crossfit gym. kick well kickboxing i mean we were just, you want you want to have some fucking bags kick yeah but we were kind of in our own category you 
unique anyway. Yeah. There's no other place like that. I don't know it. Yeah. So we could be anywhere. We can do anything uh, as far as like, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with that. But but yoga, you know, it's not really the best dynamics with loud punching, kicking pads. Yeah. Um, but so I eventually thought, okay, first I knew that, you, you know, most likely Josh probably want his own space. And uh-huh. okay, what am I going to do without that? And so I already kind of envisioned that. And then Derek, you know, I kind of figured, okay, well, you'll be here for a little bit. And then, you know, he ended up, uh, you know, uh, selling his business. Um, so and going through that. That guy didn't work out too well. No, that didn't work out at all. That was a huge headache and a mess. Dang. Almost like a year or two with that guy. I mean, there were some weird things that happened with that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you, you decided to make the best of that and expand the floor for kickboxing pretty much right yeah so what happened during the transition okay so let's fast forward a little bit so you moved out first uh-huh. and then i turned that whole area into the personal training area and so we got brought on a few more independent trainers that basically paid flat rent kind of like what i did at the next level uh-huh. and uh they can train all their clients that they want and basically i helped this is the my start of my first uh coaching and mentoring also help trainers you know become decently successful yeah uh, oh yeah man i mean aside- i do think how much you help me and Derek. <laughs> that's true i, I <laughs> remember like that, I, i'm not the brightest bulb in the box you know well i mean that's essentially why we're sitting here now because of that connection yeah exactly <laughs> but uh um so independent trainers came in and then you know the conflict with the yoga guy and that ended up not working so he ended up leaving and then at this point um i had already joined my mastermind group Uh during the transition of the yoga and Derek going out and then i had joined basically um bedros kulian's uh this is called seven figure mastermind group Uh uh-huh and so um uh and then so I t- have monthly coaching phone calls with them. And then so I asked them, okay, so I got this yoga room. And I'm thinking about running, I have fitness kickboxing personal training program. It just started narrowing it down to just that, no extra stuff. And then I'm like, I got this yoga room. What should I do with it? And then my, my coach, I was like, should I just start my own yoga program and hire a yoga teacher and just run it and advertise it and do all that stuff? And my, and my coach was like, my mentor said, don't do it. Yeah. You don't do it. Focus on what you're good at and narrow it down. Well, and really. and that's cool. Even someone as high, highly successful as you with so much life experience still has a coach. Mm-hmm. And and that's the value of a coach in any aspect mm-hmm. of life. There's always people that I think once you get to that point in life where you realize there's always someone who knows more. You can learn from everybody. Mm-hmm. Whether it's in your field or out of your field, mm-hmm. you get you we always get to learn. Yep. And I think I think that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, definitely. I see the value in all kinds of coaches. It doesn't matter what level you are, honestly. Even if I'm a, a multi-billionaire, I feel like there's someone else to help me. If it's not a money coach, it's yeah. a mind coach. Exactly. A lifestyle coach. And that's yeah. a whole other area of intelligence, like, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he told me. And I said, well, what am I going to do with the room then if you don't think I should do it? He's like, you'll figure it out. So, I don't know, phone, and pretty much that day, I was like, I got it. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to knock down the wall, expand the uh, expand the kickboxing floor, get more equipment, move this over here and make it look sick. And that was one of our next phases. My gym, Chino Gym, has been through seven phases now. I was only there for the first two. Right. And the, yeah. Yep, yep. So, um... Uh, that was another one and then that was the start of our expansion and the progress and the growth and at this point we were still DMJ Fitness and then it kind of grew from there and then <coughs> fast forward <coughs> another about two, three years two years I started brainstorming um, my new business partner basically had some uh, experience in the corporate GM and sales and on top performing uh, gyms and crunch and valley total fitness <coughs> came up to me with a partnership and that's kind of where we started talking about one love fit club mm-hmm. <coughs> so that hydro flask is saving your life man i know that's why that's a good deal um <clears throat> you are doing a ton of talking I've, i'm getting better at listening i i'm not parched oh jeez <laughs> um it's dude i'm i'm really enjoying listening this is cool thank you man thank you for letting me share um yeah and then so my business uh partner you know he had he kind of had a brainstorm and i 
was pretty weary of partnerships at this point. Yeah, I can understand <laughs> why. Yeah, and so I'm like, ah, partnership. Like, man, I don't know. Like, uh, I think I can do fine on my own. And eventually, you know, weighing out all the options and really being trying to be innovative and open to ideas, I say, you know what, I can try one location with this because I plan on opening up multiple, multiple locations with what my mastermind group has been helping me set. And they, yeah. They basically helped me initially double my business within six six months, which, and then it continued to grow and scale and become system, systematic after that. Yeah. And then so um, my business partner came to me and came up with this idea like, hey, like, why don't we expand and grow and start going to partnership together and really put our two mastermind experiences together and create something big. And so we rebranded DNJ Fitness into One Love Fit Club and that was only a year ago. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Also, You just had your anniversary yesterday or the day before? Yep. A Sunday. Sunday. It was a one year anniversary of being open there and only a year ago was when we re. Uh, we opened up one our second uh, location, Walnut. Walnut, One Love Fit Club, uh-huh. Walnut. And at the same time, opening up that uh, that up a year ago, I rebranded DNJ Fitness, which was extra difficult. Rebranding everything, everything. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. So that's essentially kind of how we came to today. And oh man, all the mistakes and money and lots of time and partners and and bad employees and bad. You know, just just I had to take change a lot, three t- two times or something like that, and you mm-hmm. know, all kinds of stuff. And, but those are all part of it. Yeah, man. Um, what do you? What gets you up every day? What motivates you to get up and go help people every day? Like, are you still excited about what you do, and yes. the way you do it, and and why? Absolutely, man. Um, my mind and my vision was so narrow before and shallow. Now it's so broad and far. I've learned to expand on this horizon to where, like, I don't just train clients and members individually, their myself. Now, I actually have a larger vision of the impact that my vision can do, such as I can train people and have a team to run multiple locations because we're going to impact at least like three to five thousand people, you know, within a few years of each community that we're in. Yeah. With our knowledge taking a class or two or just some fitness thing that we can try to help them uh, experience you know mm-hmm. and so I want to create this amazing team and so I am seeing our team grow fast fast and I'm, I mean along with that comes the heartache too yeah and being burned um, yep. but, but I definitely uh, yeah which you know obviously yeah, I have yours too yeah which um, it's overall vision it's overall mission yeah look honestly our time here on earth is short and <clears throat> I have a skill set I'm never going to be a professional athlete I'm not the smartest guy out there but I do have a skill set and I know how to put it together in a way to where I can really impact and help people with which I, what I love to do mm-hmm. and if it's my skill set in which I've been doing kickboxing or Muay Thai for 20 something years and been a trainer for 16 plus years and have my kinesiology degree and I've been in different sports and so taking all those foundation knowledges and liking to work out and love working with people and coaching I've created this yeah <laughs> dude that's awesome man I I have no doubt we could continue to talk for hours on end uh, but we're going to keep it under 60 minutes awesome. because I'm going to want to continue this and pick your brain at another time and date yeah. uh, I got to tell you man this was really enjoyable um yeah i thank you by, so much by far thanks so much for having me man i hey. enjoyed sharing hey, thanks for story. having me your 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 home's beautiful man thank you happy to be here it's been a while yeah yeah i'm glad you can come by visit and yeah get this actually really good homie time and you know get to share my story thank you yeah man well i look forward to people listening to it and any of you that have listened uh if the the biggest message from this and ray sharing his story is that we don't know everyone's story. We don't know what people are going through, the struggles they face or the hurdles they overcome. And Ray is one of those people that's inspired me and I only knew a little bit of his story. So hopefully by listening to this, you understand the adversity he's overcome and the the shifts in his mindset towards overall positivity through a love of of helping people. And that's a that's a pretty cool thing, which is, you know, why we had a gym in the first place. And uh, if you if you like this podcast, go ahead and share it with anyone you know. Uh, send me an email if you have any questions, joshua.baumgarten at gmail.com, B-A-U-M-G-A-R-T-E-N. Follow at One Love Fit Club 
on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, check them out in Chino and Walnut. Uh, Nerea is awesome. His entire team is awesome. They have such a great energy. It's, it's a bunch of people that care about helping people. And if you're into that, that's cool. And if, if you got time, give me a follow on Instagram at Jushman or find me somewhere else. And let's continue to spread positivity and good vibes. The world can always use more. And that's what this whole thing's all about. Never giving up on spreading more good vibes. So once again, thank you for listening. Thank you, Naray, for having the conversation with me, man. Um, yeah, uh, we love you. Have a great day or night. And definitely have a great life.